0: I'm Dan Broskell. and I'm Dave Geller and we are the co-hosts of what do we know what do we know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness education sports personal stories and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things but not a lot about others
1: your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator compulsive runner and father of five
0: and Dave Geller a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing main accent Morning, everybody. It is Monday, November eighth, two thousand twenty-one. Episode sixty-six. So, what do 66. we know? I'm Dan Broskell here. There, my good friend Dave Geller. Dave, special guest today. Who do we have? We have Adam Hoffman, all the way from Pennsylvania. Well, excuse me. Pennsylvania is a huge state. Be very specific, please. You help me out there.
1: You help me out. With Adam Hoffman, originally from Lexington, now in Pennsylvania. Where are you exactly?
0: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in deep cover
2: in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Steelers territory reporting live on the ground
0: reporting live from the what is the con- convergence of the three rivers there in uh, western pennsylvania as i say pennsylvania is pittsburgh in the west philadelphia in the east and alabama in between Hey now? um so adam pride of lexington attended washington university in st louis now in pittsburgh what's the long-range plan for you where are you going to be in 10 years what do you think
2: Oh, who can say, man? I mean, with uh, the waters rising, who knows where we could be in 10 years. But
0: uh,
2: no, I'm uh, I'm here in Pittsburgh right now. My partner, Sophie, we've been together about four years. She's uh, finishing up graduate school at Carnegie Mellon. So we're probably going to be hopping to a new city, uh, you know, six months from now. So we'll see where it's going to be. uh, What is she graduate studying in? She's uh, she does work in transportation infrastructure um, and sustainable development, so it's a it's a it's a hot time for, for her. It's a, I gotta being, tell you, the infrastructure business, Adam. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I saw Dr. Geller working on a site uh, downtown, hammering some nails, trying to get things up and running again. I think he was responsible for the big dig. So thank you. No, it's, uh, it's, when,
1: when my when my when I clock out my day job I throw in that reflective vest in my earplugs and I go down there and I do a little jackhammer at night uh I know those bright lights it keeps me sane it's a great it's a great release of energy no that's hey
2: look man thank oh, you for your service
1: you're amazing how I just rolled that out because I actually had the imagery of
2: doing that um
1: because actually I have, I have a patient's father who who works at night down there he's one of the um like the overseas stuff and I I swear I drive by him once in a while I'm on my way into Boston, and I just get a good hawk. I make sure I slow down when I go by. Mm-hmm. Safety, mm-hmm. First,
0: safety first, David. Safety first on Bedford pediatric safety second. Um. So we got – I know a little bit about Adam Hoffman. I know he's a Boston sports fan, so if you had to prioritize your fandom, what, what do you uh, – is it Red Sox first, Patriots first, Celtics first, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm probably a Celtics guy, number one.
2: Uh, but the Pats these days are pretty easy to root for. I got to tell you, we're rocking up a couple of impressive wins. This defense is looking
0: a one. Pick six is back to back week. I'm going to go three 0 no in fantasy again. Second straight week. Pats coming on coming home with a currently sitting in a seven playoff spot in the in the AFC. I mean, who saw that one coming after the Tampa Bay game and Dallas game? The answer is not me and not Dave Geller. So that's that's a good Celtics though. Opposite Adam. Celtics tanking early. Wow. Bad, uh, let's get it out of our system now. It's like Dave on the first 10 minutes
2: of every podcast. Like, you start oh. slow and you warm up and <laughs> yeah. try to get going.
0: That is a no, at
2: least I mean, you listen.
0: <laughs>
2: now, I mean, look, man, there are dozens of us, <laughs> yeah. one in each
0: state. Yeah, I mean, uh, Celtics, no. yeah, Celtics borderline unwatchable. Luckily, I'm not watching, that's fine. Um. And, um, you know, big big sports weekend. The revs the locked up the best regular season record in MLS history with a loss to Miami. It didn't really matter. We got U.S.-Mexico World Cup qualifying next weekend over in, I think, Columbus or Cincinnati if you want to go at them. And uh, European soccer continues at pace. This is not a soccer podcast, though, with you because we want to talk about medical fraud, medical billing fraud, and some other things, which we will got to in a second. You know, we'll, we'll, I got to tell you, it's so
2: it's so hard to find a podcast that's going to give you a dose of you know the Premier League and yeah. Champions League, and also overbilling and unbundling on well, the we, medical we, we, side. We have, we, we've hit
0: pay dirt here, that's for sure. You know. <laughs>
1: I'm just squirming in my seat because you can't uh, talk about
0: the Premier League. So, so you're a Lexington High School
1: grad, which is like 2013. All right. So or he left Lexington High School. Yeah, yeah, in 2013. Yeah, still there we we're Still awaiting your diploma for those unpaid parking tickets. Uh, when, when, you were there, at sports clubs, committees, what was your passion?
2: Uh I would say. Uh, in retrospect, it was, you know, dealing with a, a copious amount of high school anxiety, which I didn't realize I was dealing with at the time. At the time, it was the debate team. So, no. you know, I was on the soccer team my freshman year, on the freshman soccer team, and I would join the debate team. And I like to think of it, I've sort of rewritten history as I had to choose one or the other because of time, so I chose the debate team. I don't really know if uh, I would have been invited back to the soccer team anyway, because it turns out they need to want you on the team as well because of skill. So I went all in on debate. It ended up being a good decision. Uh, but high school, is a, it's a complicated time.
1: You've been a great guy to debate those, uh, those yellow, card, red cards you got on the field. So I think actually, you, I think Ruth Landis debated with you as well. Was she, was she on your debate team? Uh, yeah, a yeah, no. yeah. We had there a was this... on the
2: phone. Oh wow! You yeah, know, I've heard great things about Millie. You know, Ruth was part of this this incredible young generation that had uh, Elise Rubenstein and Matt Wilner and some of these other kids who were coming up just as I was uh, graduating. So it was very cool to watch them, you know, start to start to flourish there.
0: Yeah, we knew that crew pretty well. So that's a solid crop of smart kids. Ruth and Elise and Matt for sure. Yeah. So Dan's a pretty active guy. I, I tag along. Did you ever pull a muscle debating? what kind of question
2: is that? <laughs> no, no, it's it's great. I, I'm just you know, like reliving uh, some memories here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a contact sport, man, you know, so you're, you're going uh, and it was, it was a good time. It was crazy to think it was a lifetime ago. I don't know if you guys have felt this at all. It's like, you realize because of the pandemic, two years passed in the blink of an eye. And I realized like, wow, yeah. high school was, I graduated eight years ago. So
0: did, did and didn't. You know, I'm going through the whole, like, hey, my son's a freshman in college at Brandeis. I remember my headspace at that time. I think he's far even my uh, capabilities and talents at that age. And it's like, that, that time passed pretty quick. And I'm coming up on the, what, 20th anniversary of getting engaged, you know, in a couple of weeks. Like, it's, it's great, man. It's okay. But time Congratulations. Changes. Pandemic time either is too fast or it's too slow or it's just messed up. And the time changes week just messing with everybody. So how how are you Are you pro-clock change, Adam? Are you anti-clock change? Pretty strongly anti-clock change. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. In my
2: old age here, I've gotten a lot more easygoing about a lot of things. But clock change, you got to draw the line somewhere. I don't know. Are either you guys pretty pro pro change? I'd love to hear the the case. I'm, 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 I
0: mean, put, put it away and throw it away forever. You know, I'm fine. I'm I'm. Fine. I mean, listen, it, it's hard getting up when it's pitch black. I, I can suck it up for a while because the the, the four fifteen sunsets, um, not my dream. Last night I was brave. like eight or is it four? I think we should. You know. I think
1: we should just keep turning it back every year. Just go one hour back. That I like that an extra hour. I keep. I don't set my. I don't reset my watch. So I woke up this morning I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get out of bed. And I'm like, wait a minute, check my phone. I have another hour, so it's uh, just keep turning it back.
2: Sounds like a great debate. You know, Doc, this, really just, yeah, right. No, this explains a lot. I feel like I spent hours in your waiting room waiting to be seen, and now I understand exactly why we're waiting so long. I will eight forty-five
0: for the eight thirty appointment. It's great, you know.
2: Yeah, look, let's actually think this one step farther, though. I didn't mean to, you know, get into the hot stuff so fast. I actually think we should get rid of all time zones. I was thinking oh. about this earlier this week. Like China. And just say like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you live in California. Time you zones? wake yeah. up You wake up at 3. You go to bed at 12. I do something different on the East Coast. That's my hot take for the week. I've been trying to schedule meetings
0: across the country, and everyone is getting mixed up because of time zones. So that's my piece. Just do it. I think we're I think we're in it together. So yeah, we leaving LHS, going to St. Louis, what did you study at Washu? Political science. Okay. Everyone always talks about STEM.
2: They leave out poli sci. You want to get into the real data, really understand what's going on in this world?
0: Yeah, check out a couple of Yeah. So I was a politics major also at a UEA school as you were. Um, was not pre-law. I assume that you were not pre-law either. Correct probably rare in that major and then and then and then you fell into technology and entrepreneurship like what was that like how that happened yeah i mean i just want to say look at us everyone says what do you do with a poli-sci
2: degree turns out you can be on a podcast that averages between 100 and 300 listeners so i don't know why people right, say there's no, no there's no, future, no ceiling you know there's no that's ceiling. right anyway so any perspective uh kids listening to this i don't give up on poli-sci give it a shot you could be all, all could those be episode
0: 67 yeah, there Sorry. we go. We <laughs> Stories it. of the politics majors of 2000 to 2020. Yeah. Next so episode. Give us your path. from Graduation
1: to here. And just you know, you a couple of benches in the middle.
0: Yeah. So, uh,
2: grad. You know, graduated WashU in uh, in 2017. And the final semester, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I applied for Teach for America. I got it in my head I was going to be a high school teacher, uh, much like the soccer team in high school. Turns out it needs to be a mutual opt-in.
0: TFA they did said not no to you. To they said no, yeah. like you can't do Teach for America.
2: It was shocking.
0: I it was oh, wow rejection. Yeah, I just learned yeah. experience yeah. with something else. That's okay though.
2: Yeah, yeah no, no, no. It was a, it was a real rejection. Turns out uh getting good at handling rejection is like one of the keys i think to living a happy life so that was a good uh you know primer on that lesson
1: Then you was, a kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yep
2: yeah, yeah right, exactly and then i waited three years and then we met again and this time she gave me a shot so it was yep no no i'm, I'm just <laughs> kidding uh but the you know my final semester of college i got really lucky i took a class on entrepreneurship joined this group project someone else's idea but the whole premise of the class was you know, you're basically working to get a startup going over the course of the semester, and you give a final presentation on it. And I didn't have my own idea, but I joined someone else's idea and thought it was really cool. It was about tracking, you know, how long wait times are at airports. I'm a pretty anxious guy. I'd always, you know, get to airports hours early before my flight. I'm curious about you guys. You know, I feel like it goes one of two ways: people get there last minute, or they get there really early. Where did you all follow? Dave, does,
0: Dave doesn't fly, um, and I am. I, I will spend as much time as i need to in the airport without worrying about it so once you're in that once you're in the pipeline like i'm just in it like i'm fine i can mm-hmm. hang out I can, I can eat before i can i can read books i can get a grab a beer you know and hang out it's fine yeah,
1: yeah my experience is when i do fly um taking a john madden amtrak train or bus somewhere the bus, buddy. You know, yeah. bus i i like to get there early i, I actually did a layover one time in florida for like eight or nine hours me and the family and that was like heaven to me. I actually went for a jog around the airport. So security, <laughs> security stopped me and asked me what I was doing. You ran inside? And I was running in and outside the park, inside inside to, to the airport, we wanted to get a little exercise. And they actually stopped me. They were they, they, the very suspicious. You could run around the airport.
0: I've done it before.
1: I know, but they stopped me. Well, you look suspicious. I do look suspicious.
2: Yeah, Doc. Uh, yeah, I think that's because right. you were running in and out of security. like, no, 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 you have to go through the, the metal yeah. detector each time. You can't keep running
0: around. It's like it's yeah. like in love actually when they can't run through the security. There's Dave running after his true love boarding oh, oh, the no. everything. Oh, no. oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, 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 I mean, travel stories, you know, we tell those till the cows come home. What's the worst? What's the longest flight you've ever taken out of often? This is, this is a little recency bias.
2: I was making a quick like twenty-four hour pit stop in Manhattan last week for, for a conference, quick conference, and uh, I thought to myself, like, I'm gonna take the train. It'll be so nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I love a, I love a good train. Obviously, you know, my girlfriend deep in the transport uh, transportation infrastructure game, so we're we're big train enthusiasts. Anyway, turns out the train from Pittsburgh to New York habitually runs late and end up being like ten hours each way. So that was a, it was a pretty sobering. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, uh, really. really I know. Well, what happens is not to get too in the weeds here,
0: but I, I, I had okay. to find out. Transportation like freaking nerd. So I
2: love this stuff. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Well, turns out that the Amtrak that runs, you know, Amtrak that runs from Pittsburgh to New York over the stretch of Pennsylvania um, does not own the rails. It leases them from a freight company. So anytime a freight train is going to come through, have Amtrak takes yeah. a back seat. Yep. So for me it just really hammered home like dang we need some you know passenger rail in this country it's dedicated to it. Let's have folks zipping around. Yeah, you know we need more
0: craft What are your what are your thoughts on the pipe dream of a I can airplane? see
2: why you don't fly, Doctor? You don't
0: you're, you're like, yeah, no. you are just waiting like over You don't fly yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, I watch these travel logs of like some. I'm about to take like the longest commercial flight from like Dubai to Panama. Like, I want to watch that. I want to watch the guy like in the A380 suite taking a shower on Emirates and talking about it. You know what I mean? I love that. You know. So I'm into that. I'm also into trains. I said, what, what? are your thoughts on like will there ever be a three-hour train? Wait, 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 wait. Ever a three-hour uh, train for Boston? What was the shower <laughs>
1: thing?
2: Do <laughs> these people you don't know that, that they are? Is it their travel log or is it someone else on the plane's travel log? and It's very funny. I think it's
0: personal, a personal, decent, you know, Facebook approved. Got anime. it. Good. Good. Plus, I watched on last night, like, not I came like some guys, like, I'm going to fly the worst two airlines in the United States in a guy boat. Like, Oakland to Vegas on Spirit and then Vegas to St. Louis on Frontier. I'm like, the, the whole thing. Like, it wasn't that bad. And, like, flying sucks on a good day. So, like, as long as you acknowledge that and realize it's going to be terrible, you can kind of set expectations if you're not in the private suite on the A380, which costs $21,000 to fly, like, half around the world. No thanks. Maybe next time, Adam. So, there we go. I'm in. Anyway, I love trains. Well, there, was,
2: there, was, there was ample room on the uh, the 10-hour Pittsburgh to New York train. You could so just scroll don't out know. across
0: a couple of seats. like that. waiting for
2: a jog. My- Yeah. <laughs> My video camera died halfway through. I wish I had better footage for you. But There are uh, times
0: I've I've heard of like, oh, there's finally going to be a three-hour train from Boston to Manhattan. You realize, well, no, because Connecticut's in the way and nothing ever changes in Connecticut. Like, it probably will never happen, but wouldn't that be nice? You know, maybe uh, Sophia can solve that problem for us, connected it right-of-ways and electrification and tunnels under Long Island Sound and blah ba blah bitty, blah like Dave's like- I mean, I've
2: invested I've invested four hours, four, four years in this relationship, so I'm hoping there's going to be a payoff here with some better electric That's infrastructure, a big one. so a big one. we'll, we'll or, see. Or maybe a bridge somewhere, maybe like a tunnel somewhere. Somewhere, there. maybe just over Connecticut. I think you made a great point about I this. I would happily slip over Connecticut anyway, you, you know guys, what I mean? You guys see Angry Birds, right?
1: No. Angry Birds no. The one and no, two great no, movies no, Daniel, but they
0: have a no. there's a there's a slingshot man just sounds like an elon musk project hey a human slingshot that will go from like grafton it was my idea first so is, is, is she is she primarily a train uh, a road a rail a plane like what's the preferred that just yeah, it's, it's, is, a, it's like, a great like, question me,
2: you know no, I think the final project for one of her classes was just to, just to rank them by preference. But uh, <laughs> I, I think she, she, she loves, we, we love a good subway or a good train. Some bus rapid transit is pretty good. I have to say Pittsburgh, a lot of things I love about it. I've been here for about a year now. It's been tough to, you know, in the pandemic, you are moving to a new place. Tough to get to know it a little bit. We've been out and about a bunch, and uh, I really missed the tea from Boston. I I took it for granted all these years.
0: I know. What did you take for granted? No service, derailments, uh, fare increases. What was your favorite part? No, you
2: you you're right. It's all the little things. You you don't know what you have till it's gone. Uh, But here in Pittsburgh, it's all about the bus. You know, and the thing the bus can get stuck in traffic. It can just skip your stop. I. I don't know. I think I think we got a lot of good stuff in Boston and you know in Lexington. I just I took for granted when I was there and, and yeah. I missed
0: it like is, the, like. Is, the there like is there like a commuter rail or light rail service in Pittsburgh or no?
2: Not yet, not yet. It's such a hilly place that yeah. uh, it was really tough to build track. Have you so, taken
0: Have you taken the Duquesne Incline?
2: I have taken the in close. Oh, so, wait, tell us a little bit about, about your familiarity with the city. Now you're drawing I me. Mean, uh,
0: like, Dave is like, what, what are these syllables they putting together? Right? So, when I was one year old, I was, play- I was playing with Legos when I was younger. Dan. studying train <laughs> schedules. I actually was. When I was one, my dad taught at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, so, we all moved there. Um, and I remember nothing except it was 1979. It was the year that all the Pittsburgh teams won, right? Steelers mm-hmm. won and Pirates won. And I think the Penguins did, whatever. And the only thing I remember was like a lightning storm. Um, and I had a Frisbee growing up from the Duquesne Incline. I'm like, what is this thing, right? So I've not been back to Pittsburgh once because I changed changed planes there in like 1997. Flew over like Moon Township. I'm like, what is the name of this city adjacent to Pittsburgh International Airport? So, hey, now, closest I've been is Harrisburg and Carlisle a couple of years ago. Um, but I've not been out to Western PA in a long time and probably won't be back anytime soon. Adam Lester coming out to report podcasts with you live in studio. Well, I, I was gonna say I think it might be time for you to give Pittsburgh another look. From what I hear,
2: I, I look, you you uh, you were here forty years before I was, but this place uh, apparently it's it has an incredible revival over the last twenty years. And Terry
1: uh, Bradshaw is no longer the quarterback,
2: and um,
0: yeah, that changed. Things <laughs> have changed. Love love the Terry well, Bradshaw. Hold on, Won the Bradshaw track last week that was delicious.
2: Uh, Dr. Geller, I was going to say, if you're going to start breaking sports news here, then we, we need to have a special alerter as sound so folks know that there's some some cutting edge info coming down the pike. So yeah, Terry Bradshaw no longer the quarterback. Uh,
0: they, they, I don't know. Yeah. Unbelievable. But no. uh, so medical billing fraud. What did you caught Dr. Geller doing? And how do you detect medical billing fraud, Adam?
2: Well, so that's how I got hired for this company. So I recently got hired as, as vice president. I was doing some consulting for some other startups, you know trying to figure out like where's the right spot for me. I wanted to find a business that um, had a real product. you know, it wasn't so speculative, wasn't a couple people in their in their garage. I've done that already, so I wanted to you know pressing out a little bit further along. and I thought, wow, what do I have experience with? Medicine. Not practicing it, but receiving it. And from who? Dr. Geller, over the majority of my life, so found this company, they use software they they feed uh you know medical bills in uh, specifically their clients are large large organizations that do what's called self insuring so that would be like uh, a union or a large company with more than 5000 employees the state medicaid medicare where you know they hire an insurance company to you know you work for Google you might say you have you know blue cross or blue shield insurance but at the end of the day they're just being the administrator google's really the one paying. so the reason this matters is because when Doctor Geller, you know, sees a kid, gives him a flu shot, and upcodes that they had to amputate the right arm, and that ends up being like a ten thousand dollar bill, and this is a true story, we can get into later on the pod. Um, yeah, me, Doctor <laughs> <about> <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Geller's a code man.
2: <laughs> right, right. No, no. Sorry, I, I, I was talking about yes. my own, my childhood. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. with my Let's pediatrician,
1: wave both arms for me, please. Make sure they're both there. Right. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> one arm Hoffman. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, now, now you know why they called me that in college. I mean, you're directly responsible. But, but, but uh, uh, anyways, yeah. so anyway, when, when a doctor does something nefarious or a hospital or an insurance company and they upcode it, it gets billed for more, whatever it might be, the insurance company, which is processing these bills, doesn't really have an incentive to catch it a lot of the time because they're not the one who's paying it at the end of the day. Yep. So I, you know in the six months i've been here we've discovered some some pretty wild stuff it's we found the epicenter is lexington massachusetts so i'm actually glad you guys have me on the podcast
1: and i'm in bedford now which is just uh, just to note that so gotcha uh, <laughs> but that's really actually interesting very interesting just just it's it's uh i mean it's a huge i mean it's it's a huge issue
0: um in general I so how, how much medical fraud is there and like the tr- healthcare is a trillion dollar system, right? Multiple trillion. Would you right. say like? Well, let's let's oh, ask the lady. man himself. <laughs> no, just, no. <laughs> like, is, is it like ten percent? Like is like fifty billion dollar well, well,
1: problem? You know? is it well, $10 I, well, problem? that, that question, I, I I could just throw out a number. I guess. I'm also interested how it compares to shoplifting, right? I mean, it's probably very comparable. It's probably a huge number, and I don't know as much in pediatrics. And I'm, and I'll be honest. Like you know, from my own perspective, if not people that I know, that I think that pediatricians in general, primary care doctors, at least in this area, under probably code well, if not undercode, sometimes for the services. But I definitely, it's a huge place for fraud. And I've been involved with being contacted. I might have said this in a pod before. By I was once called by a government agent um, asking me questions about things that I had prescribed. And if I had prescribed them and they included um, like medical beds and um, different physical therapies for patients who were like 90 years old in Florida. And he asked me if I had prescribed these treatments, thousands of dollars. And after like the 10th one, I said, what's going on? And he said, Oh, they're using your, your, your information for this. I'm like, you're kidding me. Cause it happens all the time. And that was just me, one little, you know, one little doctor in, you know, in, in this area. So I mean, it's got to be billions of dollars. I don't know, million. I would say million. That's like fifty million dollars.
2: Million? No, I'm, billion. I'm billion. just glad that I'm glad the agent actually followed up on my tip. Um, that's refreshing. <laughs> but it, we're finding that like twenty five percent of healthcare spending in this country is fraudulent or overbilling. So like tw- a quarter out of every dollar that's spent. So that's like
0: hundreds of billions of dollars of fraud.
2: Yeah. And about that. And and fraud fraud is a loaded fraud is a loaded term. I have to say because sometimes this is accidental, necessarily
0: error prone overbilling. Did did, did you spot underbilling? Can it spot the same thing, or nobody cares about that? Uh, It can. We're we're
2: we're told uh, you know don't highlight that if if there's a little underbilling. We got to say all
0: all things even
2: uh, there's there's a lot a lot of overbilling that's going on, and it's interesting because like Dr. Geller obviously a great a great pediatrician for anyone who's in the you know the greater Boston area and looking, but Oftentimes it's not even the doctor who knows what's going on. You run a small practice, you, you know, outsource your billing to a billing department or a hospital that you're affiliated with. You have no idea what's going on behind there, but then the, you know, legal risk and responsibility can still fall with the doctor whose name is on the bills. So it's pretty, you know, this is not a, a situation where there's good guys and bad guys necessarily, where the doctors are the evil people or the providers. It's, it's, it's pretty tricky.
0: So I'm sure it's very complicated and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm all will speculate. like you don't, do you find like complex web of intrigue and, and rotten personnel, or you just say, "Hey, we found it. You figure out how it happened. You know what 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 role do you really play in that? Are you fingerprinting? Yeah, I mean, hey, you got a, you got a a ten million dollar leakage, Mister. You know, one billion dollar hospital. Like, go figure out how it's happening, and is it the billion person, or is it something more complicated, or nefarious than just someone pocketing or, or inflating the, the you know the, the accounts of the hospital or the practice? Well, this is where majoring in political science with a minor
2: in Web of Lies was really useful. So I feel like I can actually bring some real value here. So the way it works is we get hired by an organization which provides insurance to its members. So I'll give an example. We've been working with a pretty prominent union fund in the state of Massachusetts. Can't go into details because they're currently in litigation with one of the organizations that was habitually overbilling them. And they hired us and said, hey, we feel like our the amount that our members are having to pay for health insurance is way out of whack with what the you know industry averages are. Yep. So they gave us three years of their claims data, pretty much every receipt a member of theirs or the organization ever gotten from the hospital. And we looked at them all and we said, okay, on this particular bill, they're getting billed for uh, you know an x-ray for their right arm and a cast for their right arm. Okay, this checks out. They probably broke their right arm. And then they're also getting billed for uh, a toe amputation on their left leg. It's like, that's wild. Which of these does not look like the others? And it turns out they really, you know, it had really just been a band aid or something. But somewhere in the system, it got upcoded to this thing that's worth $10,000 more that totally doesn't fit. And so if we hadn't, you know, that this is already paid claims. That's part of what this is so wild about this is we're looking yeah. retroactively because the insurance companies won't let them look proactively. A lot of the time. So, without pointing too many fingers, we're sort of coming in and trying to uncover how have you already been screwed, and then we help them get some of the money back. But there's a lot of powerful players here, like you said. You know, it's it's there's insurance companies, there's hospitals, there's politicians, there's there's billions of dollars that's flowing around. So it's pretty high stakes stuff.
1: So so I have, so this is so interesting to me. So like now, at least our patients many of them can get a itemized whatever. Of their visit, you know, and occasionally my biller will say to me, Hey, did you do an ear flush on this patient? Came in for a physical. I'm like, No, I didn't, because I would have also coated wax, whatever the diagnosis is. It was just a, cl- a wrong click, you know, so we take it back. But if someone had noticed that, hopefully too, on the bill, they, they would be like, Okay, we didn't do this. So who's looking at those bills? Like if I went to the doctor, broke my arm, and then I, I saw my bill, I had a toe amputation. I would like who's they know i mean looking at these bills at all i mean not everybody does i mean the, the itemized but like how does that in the and, and the other thing i think about too is i know when we were these are all like serious questions that like we would would do like an ear flush for example um they and this is this is a whole interesting piece of insurance the patient um we were charged for an ear flush and if and if their insurance paid for it it was like 25 dollars 30 dollars. But if they had a deductible, a self-pay, it was, the fee was like $200, it was ridiculous. And they would call us and say, why is it so expensive? And, it's, and we and we learned, you know, if insurance paid for it, it was 35 bucks, but but we charged 200, 200, whatever, $50. That's what a specialist would charge at the hospital. We were part of the hospital system. That's what they charged. We then we were supposed to charge them that amount of money. Otherwise we were doing fraud because we, we you know, we, but, but I guess my, my point is, is I wondered, you know, if it was a Band-Aid, it really w- it should be $1, but because it's, it's put through the system, it's, it's, it gets miscoded inappropriately and inappropriately, and it's this ridiculous fee, which is an imitation. that makes no sense as I talk about it, but thoughts on all that? No,
2: no. I, I think this is super revealing is you're a doctor who's practiced medicine for decades. I work on the other side of this, and we're still struggling to have a coherent conversation about it because the system is so absurd. that There's this whole web of contracts between, you know, the insurance company, each individual provider and the hospital systems. And then if you're paying out of pocket, it's a different amount. Like, you know, this, this should be intelligible to the average American. So when you ask, like, don't people look at their receipts? It's yeah, a lot of us do, but it's so hard to decode what what you're looking at. If you're someone that's raising a family and you're getting home from work and you don't, you know, the last thing on your mind is reading every bill carefully because you're trying to put food on the table. It's, It's understandable how this stuff slips through crazy. Years
1: ago, when 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 um, my wife, Jen, who I think you might have met, had Hannah, who, you know, um, we got this huge bill from, um, you know, for the delivery. We, and our insurance wasn't covering a lot of it. And Jen was just going to write the check for it. And I said, can we just call on that first? So I actually had my bill at call the hospital and they said, oh, we're sorry. That shouldn't have been charged. And they wiped it all off. But we would have got to, we were just gonna pay it and it would have been just done with it. And it was just like it really was eye-opening from my point of view. When parents call me and say, I, I got this charge from maybe your office or the hospital, it's exorbitant. I said call them and they'll hopefully adjust that because it's ridiculous. I think they're just
0: trying, my experience. People don't check, people don't call. I mean, even even for the free visits now, right? You're the physical course is not free. I got a bill for $270. I'm like, why? Oh, well, that test wasn't covered. Now part. of the test, you get, and then you get, you get, you get an MRI, and in, 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 you know, at one point in the year, costs X. If you go half of the year because you're almost done with the deductible, it costs less. The whole thing is ridiculous. It's opaque. No one's addressing cost. We are addressing access, which is wonderful. And uh, and never gets less expensive, right? So I don't think that tr- tr- hundreds of billions of dollars in savings or fraud will reduce anybody's yeah. annual policy for yeah. deductible amounts. It will make people perhaps, you know, hospitals a little bit richer. I'm really happy that's the case. And we'll keep up from billing for amputations, which aren't happening, which is great. Keep them honest. Yeah. But what a mess we have in this multi-trillion dollar mm-hmm. shit show of a healthcare system. There we go. So that's is this, what I got is this for all, you.
2: Is this all like AI stuff? Like, how is it, how is it what's your algorithm? Just tell me yeah, the tell like, secret yeah, sauce. Yeah, we got a bunch of kids in a back room. We put a label on the door. It says AI. We let them at it. Uh, no, I mean. 5%
0: in the back, a, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a mix. But look, I think, I think you've made, you know, you guys have made a lot, of, a lot of great points. It's really frustrating and it's not increasing the quality mm-hmm. of care. It's just making, you know, making it harder for, for individual parents. I will say in terms of an actionable tip for everyone that's listening, uh, for the three oh, of you, 80, go 100. ahead and buy, yeah, go ahead and buy. Uh, there, there's a book called Never Pay the First Bill, which is specifically about how to handle when you get a, a, a medical bill. And it's written for, you know, folks like us, like it's in plain language that gives some really useful tips about how to actually cut your medical costs. Cause like you said, you know, people can get a, a invoice for $40,000 for having a child and it's, and you can either pay that or you can, you know, work the system a little bit and get it cut down significantly. So never pay the first bill. You like it's that book? Good book. Yeah. Under, under my, uh, under my, my pseudonym. Yeah. It's a, it's a great yeah. name
0: for the podcast, but I feel like it's already taken by the book. So maybe we'll sort of move it a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wow. Wow. This is, this is, uh, by the way, one of the more interesting segments we've had in this podcast Seriously. in a very long time. Seriously.
1: I, like mean, a very I, long I, time. I built you up, Adam, you know, as, as, uh, many ways and you just tore me down, uh, systematically, but that's okay. Uh, but you no, know, it's, you know, it's a lot of great stuff here. Great stuff. So, it's okay, and,
2: doctor. The truth, the truth will set you free. It's time we <laughs> found out what's happening.
1: So, for <laughs>
2: so, so, so you
1: left out, you left out, you left out the, um, Maybe it was, was the, what was the, check the queue. Was that the airport? What was the bathroom, um, the bathroom uh, venture that you were working on? Not your own personal bathroom venture, but what was going, what was it? Yeah, was no,
2: that? no, I'm pretty sure, well, first we were trying to film videos on jets of guys in the bathroom, but that was already been done, it turns out. So we started a new one, you know, like a lot of the entrepreneurial journey for me and something I wish I had learned more at LHS, Alexa in high school was that failure is okay and how to fail rapidly because it's necessary to grow and so we you know we we're doing that the venture check the queue is what we called the business that was tracking wait times at airports and uh, other high traffic venues like how long would it take you to get into you know fenway park for instance would be a good use case like,
0: for like us for security or just for like for and for anything and we started with security uh, yeah. but any type of line it could
2: be used for we had a dream of like you walk up to a food truck and there's eight people out front and you could just see a sign and know how long you'd be waiting but it turns out it's really, there's a reason this hasn't been done everywhere. Uh, and, you know, my my ignorance and my arrogance as a young college grad, 20-something, I thought, oh, this is so obvious. We're going to figure it out. Turns out with my poli-sci degree uh, and a couple of other, you know, young engineers, we couldn't quite crack the code on it, um, on how to track these wait times accurately. So instead of just giving up, throwing in the towel, we had a couple of customers who were airports and we talked to them and said, like, look, you know, we'd love to help with some of your other issues. What are some other challenges you're facing? And one of them said is when our airport is dirty or gross, people don't want to fly through there in particular, the bathrooms. Uh, it's pretty niche, but they said that besides the cost of flights, the dirtiness of an airport's bathrooms are the number one reason why people choose to fly through or not through a particular airport. Get out now, of this here. is kind, kind of like Dr. Geller telling us that he doesn't do any upcoding. Like, I don't know how much you believe it based on the source, but it was pretty wild. So we ended up building a whole system of tracking when restrooms have been cleaned and how dirty they were. And um, it was it was doing pretty well until the, the pandemic hit. But yeah, so we started with, with wait times and switched it over to cleanliness.
0: I mean, they're all I mean, every week there's a pod of, or uh, news about like, oh, you know, people only fly because of price. I mean, b- bottom line, right? And then with the whole like Southwest yep. pilot, let's go brand and nonsense last week. Are, are airlines going to become like virtue signaling for political ideologies, you know? So would that, would that trump fair, you know? And I think again, I mean, you know more of this than I do, but like, I know small airports fail because they're small and because the regional hubs are getting bigger and all that stuff and deregulation. But like, you know, I don't know if, if I, I've never used bathrooms as a rationale to fly or not find a place. As that being said, sometimes you don't have a choice, right? You fly through Europe, all you do is walk through clouds of cigarette smoke and it's disgusting. But you're still going to do those stopovers on your way to, you know, the Middle East or somewhere else. So fascinating stuff there, and fascinating stuff.
1: That's like that's like I'm not going to a road race or Fenway Park, you know,
0: because of the porta potty or the
1: bathrooms too, too right? Really? Well, I mean, I
0: mean, as I said too, I went to Gillette a few weeks ago for a Pats game, and I and I remembered why I don't particularly like going. Like it's not always a pleasant, family friendly. Progressive environment, right? In fact, I would dare to say it's the opposite. So, some factors are compelling people for different reasons. That clean bathrooms would direct you to fire through Detroit or Charlotte. God bless, make that decision, right? You, show, show me the data. When you were when in
1: high school, did you
0: use bathrooms? <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I look at this, this. Is my annual physical? All right, I can bend to <laughs> I'm, still get
1: on Adam, I'm who, not saying. I'm not saying. So who are some of your friends? I'm not asking bath. if you went to the bath. Go to the bathroom. Did you use the bathroom in <laughs> high school? You went. Went, yeah.
2: went, to the bathroom, went from eight till three, and said, I'm holding it. Look, I mean, there are different schools of thought around this. I will say, look, you make a great, you guys make great points. You know, it's uh, where does like the cleanliness of the space really rank in our priority list? But we found a pretty good customer base to folks who felt like, you know,
0: giving their customers a voice uh, was important. Uh, Was it like, was it like, was it sort of frequent flyer preference folks who do a lot of traveling who make those decisions regularly? Or is like a casual person asked to evaluate like, hey, what was your experience at airport A or B, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's more like, you know, you've got someone who doesn't fly too often and yep. they're like, all right, I'm going to give flying a shot. And they walk in and they, they walk into what looks like a war zone <laughs> in the bathroom. And they say, wow, now I remember why I'd rather just drive or stay home. Sure. I mean, we had customers sure. from airports to, you know, a minor league soccer stadium office buildings. So anywhere the people congregate, but I think the big, the big lesson there for me at least was just, you know, you're starting out a business, you're starting out a venture, it doesn't work out initially, don't give up on it. You know, you want you want to invest in that thing, I remember correctly. And and I and I think my cryptocurrency is doing better oh, than stop that. Stop it. Oh my gosh. That's right. Well I, I remember it as you asked to invest and I told you that we were sort of the round was full. But I you know appreciate you rewriting history there. Yeah. How is how is your Bitcoin doing, Doctor?
1: My uh it's going I won't uh, it's going to pretty well actually hold you on know, a minute. A bit, well, just a
0: second. Are you two connected to crypto? No, we connected many other ways. Well, I mean, we're not having that conversation <laughs> now. No, we're not. All
2: right. Uh, now do- <laughs> I was going to say, Doctor Geller. The the way we met was he was trying to solicit investors for GameStop last year. Yeah, and he, he knew I yeah, was. was looking. <laughs> so
0: real life Robin Hood. All right. Rapid fire questions. Um, you know we have a new uh, mayor in Boston. You heard about this? Yeah, very exciting. Uber, it got gone in the Wu train. Yeah, Michelle Wu. Congratulations. Dominated routing. Uh, Nisa and George. Very historic. Uh, calls for the free tea. For the tea being free, what's your hot take on that? Possible or not possible? Governor says, ha, 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 but of course he would. Do you think it's possible? Yeah, tax the rich, let's let's do it. I say let's give it a shot. Jelly, what do you think, free tea? Free tea? Um, or at least free buses everywhere?
1: Free tea would be beautiful.
0: You don't think that like Gillette would throw up like $50 million and be like, you know, the Gillette free corporate sponsor? How many cities have free transportation?
1: That'd be great. It'd be, it'd be like the, the, um, the, the tea party all over again.
0: It would be like the tea. Oh, hey now. Hey now. Hey, 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 yeah. Like me, man. Very <laughs> nice. Um, do you have a uh, custom hydration fancy water bottle flying around? Are you a Hydro Flask person? Or are, you, are you a Yeti person? What are you? No, I got to say, it's pretty contentious in our household. I don't drink nearly enough water.
2: I'm like pretty consistently dehydrated, it turns out. Yeah, you're supposed to drink like, I mean, you tell us, doctor, how much are you supposed to drink? drink of water uh,
0: a a. it's a water,
1: lot of water. <laughs> not Manischewitz, um, a lot of water, your, your urine should be not the color of Dan's flask yellow, it should be
0: clear, yeah.
2: you know, after a Shabbat night, mine is, mine is just pure purple,
0: so, oh. it, yeah. so you guys like it. related, <laughs> so, you, so you're, you are, uh, you're anti-hydration, that's that's helpful well, uh, hold on hold on i
2: want this on the record i'm not uh people should hydrate if they want i uh i probably should be my girlfriend sophie she's a she's a big drinker so she's she's ah! drinking a couple water bottles of water a day uh, oh, what she about she, you guys she, see, you? Like, is
0: she flasking is she yetiing is she like a life water glass what does she doing? No, yeah
2: she'll 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 carry her flask with her almost everywhere to make sure she can keep drinking so with, with uh, or without
0: stickers with or without stickers no stickers so we got to keep it business appropriate so excellent um and I can't tell, do you actually are you actually like an into crypto? I hope the answer is. No. <laughs> well, it into, I don't know. I own
2: half of a Bitcoin, because I, I want to be like my role model, Dr. Geller. I mean, I bought a little bit, but I'm not one of those guys who's dabbling. I'm too busy trying to uncover medical fraud. What about you guys? You I mean you, you in particular, you sound pretty you sound pretty, pretty uh hyped up about it. So
0: Geller was very excited about it a year ago.
2: No, no, very no, no, no,
1: I was I was excited about it like four months ago. I should have been excited about it ten years ago, I would have been offset. Um I have a little bit of, of uh, Shiba.
2: yeah. Not <laughs> for me. It's all about it's a like. It sounds like a,
0: it sounds like uh, uh, a variety of marijuana. Like, we're the, talking about. It. It, all people. I got like, my Shiba. All the all the uh, financial guys people I speak to. Like, I don't invest in anything. I don't understand.
2: Well, yeah. like, I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, crypto. I'm, I don't. Uh,
0: I don't know. Blockchain.
2: <laughs> it if I only understood in things I, if I only invested in things I understood, I wouldn't have any
0: investment. <laughs> you'd be like me. Exactly. You'd have a, you'd have a couple of long-term exactly. bonds. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Any yeah. interaction with the blockchain technology and stuff you're doing Adam?
2: Uh, no, no intersection yet. I get about an email a day in my spam folder from someone asking if I want to get on the blockchain, and I'm like, I yeah. don't think you understand it either. I don't. I don't think anybody understand. really
0: understands it. Present company included. Yeah. Um, uh, what else I want to ask you about, um, you talk and, and what's happening in Pittsburgh now, as far as COVID, um, protocols, restrictions, mass game, protests, anti-masters, yeah, et cetera. You know, luckily the city,
2: like many urban areas is, is very uh, high percentage vaccinated. So at this point, you know, we, you know, both of Sophie's parents are doctors. So I finally have a reliable doctor in my life to get advice from. So we, are they, are they um, in a of prison now due to fraud? Yeah, well, I'm trying to put them back. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the run. A dowry, or you're in the big house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could only run for so long, Dr. Abo. No, uh, they're good folks. But, you know, we, we've, we've talked to them about it, but things are opening up here. And, and for the most part, we feel pretty good about it, starting to roll out uh, booster shots and stuff. What are things like in Lexington? I mean, I, I don't have a sense for it. I, is it still the, the bustling metropolis I remember?
1: Lexington. Yeah, was going to Lexington. Banks, hair salons. Realtors, nail salons, Panera's gone. Banks. Starbucks is gone. Banks.
2: What? Everybody's leaving. One of the Starbucks is gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just. What uh, do they
2: replace it with? Like another bank? <laughs> Probably. Probably.
1: Yeah. It's just. I mean, Lexington. It's all good, you know. Except except for the downtown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Masks. You know, education. Kids are in school. Um. Wait,
2: I have to ask. Is Panera is Panera really gone? Gone. Really? Holy smokes. When yeah. did that happen? Um,
1: like a week ago. Two week, about a month ago. yeah. Oh,
0: The, wow. next, the next restaurant to fail. Maybe, we'll you, yeah, maybe you come back in here and we'll invest in a restaurant together. What's your, what's your favorite Lexington restaurant that you remember enjoying when you were smaller? That,
2: either is, that there,
0: either is not there anymore or is still hanging out?
2: Okay, this is, I know, a hot take because I've never said it to anyone who agrees enthusiastically, but Mario's in the center, oh. there's something about their pizza that just really and like i've had new york pizza i've had boston pizza i've had italian pizza there's mm-hmm.
0: something about mario's pizza when a friend's well, york, there's no did, Bo- there's no boston pizza let's put that to bed but mario's i've heard mario's is great from everyone i love it, love it yeah. you know the tablecloths you know all that stuff but, I, know.
2: I, tablecloths. I walk in there and i i lower the average age of the people in there by like 40 years every I, time it's you know. very humbling i I don't know. I I, I got to say, this thing about Mario is every time I come back, I make sure to grab a large pie or two for myself. So I'll give off me you a back free plug. How often you come me. home? Uh, you know, I, when I was living in St. Louis, Missouri for the last eight years, it was tough because, you know, it was only flyable. Now Sophie and I will try to drive up a couple times a year and I'll fly back to Thanksgiving in a couple weeks. So doctor, I'm going to bring my my roll of singles and try to get a, my, my physical. That's a nice uh, eight hour drive-ish, maybe, right? Maybe, Seven, eight hours. Maybe,
1: yeah. maybe we should do yeah. a pot. Caught two of this part person. Hey now,
0: um,
1: we, we do it sorry. at Mario's. We do it live at Mario's with the with the red plastic
2: cups and
0: ice water. What are a few things? Wow. Been, what are a few things you've been watching recently? This, uh, yeah, like, don't
2: don't overpromise, doctor. Now you're getting the expectation on my trip. You bring the cash. Uh,
1: you bring the cash, we'll be all
2: set. You bring the tablecloth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, let's see. We just finished season three of Sex Education on Netflix. Incredible show. Don't know if either of you have watched it. I haven't. Uh,
0: I've heard people that have enjoyed it.
1: I talk about that pretty stuff daily.
2: I don't need to watch it. <laughs> you might learn a thing or two. It's a <laughs>
1: change. No, I, I watched. Uh, um, I watched Big Mouth. I learned it all there.
2: Oh no, I've heard great things about Big Mouth. You like it? Uh, it
1: was. It, it was entertaining.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really, a Real thinking man's show, huh? <laughs> it kept you on your toes. Uh, let's see. We're we're getting ready to watch season three of Succession, which has been coming out. Don't know if you guys are familiar with this show on yep. on HBO. Yep. So yeah, what about the two of you? What's what's on your watch list? You watch yeah, the I, I just that. I just finished Picky Blinders, um,
1: and I'm actually looking for something new to watch. And uh, I would I actually I, would, I still want to watch the fifth season of Breaking of uh, Better
0: Call Saul. I Haven't got there yet. So. Mm. Hmm. So, uh, I'm excited. How does season four is coming out? That's very exciting. That's been teased. That's at the later of this winter. Uh, I'm finally watching Mayor of Easttown, which is unreal so far. So, I've, been, I've watched like half of it over the weekend. Good Pennsylvania story for you there.
2: Uh, so, you. It, it, it lives up to the hype. I've, I've heard incredible things, but I'm always a little suspicious when no, it's like so unambiguous.
0: Cool. Yeah, Demi, mean, did you watch The Undoing? Yeah. The ending was pretty good, like enjoyable. And de- this one is like way more intense and so much wow. richer with the characters and the story. So, I mean, so far, it's, I mean, I'm sure it won't end well because what show actually ends well, but it great. And for fun, we're still watching uh, British speaking show pretty regularly, they get through all the seasons. So that's a lot of fun in our house when we're not doing dog sitting and soccer game attending, and committee attending. And Adam, just for, ki- fun, Adam just, just for
1: kicks, yay or nay on uncut gems.
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm a thumbs up on it. I liked it. Yeah, baby. What? But maybe it's just because I'm Jewish and anxious. Again, you know, it's kind of. Fancy. <laughs> no, I, but, <laughs> I got
0: you.
2: It's to the
1: point. Like, <laughs> <you laughs> all of us. Listen, a, of we're all pie. we're
0: all Jewish and anxious. I would say. Let me, I, I went to that movie thinking it would be a, incredible. I thought the acting was great. I thought what? it was super intense. I would I would never watch it again. No, KG. Was great. No, no. I, it was way too loud and busy and stimulating. I know why Geller liked it. I'm, Ooh, I'm, I'm that's my that's my, that's my brain
2: right there. Stimulating. Exactly. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of movies for me that sit in that middle part of the Venn diagram where I both thought they were great and I wouldn't want to watch them again. And I think that one falls in there. Let me let me ask you a quick question though before I got to jump here. Um, what's going on with youth sports in Lexington? So do folks, are kids wearing masks while they play soccer or like how what what's it like? It's a part yeah, of right, life. Yeah, I've been totally yeah, right now they're
1: out, outside. They don't have to. Yeah, it's 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 changed. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, that's that's what's going on with, Luke, with, with uh, youth sports. Um, they were before when- last winter.
0: there were socks outside, socks masks outside for everything and inside. I don't know what the winter regulations are for basketball or hockey right now. Yeah. I would in... Yeah, I don't know what and true for about, like for ba- yeah, for basketball, so basketball, so inside they were wearing masks. Basketball like, was masked inside yeah. in Massachusetts, right? But if you had like an AAU game in New Hampshire, you could rip it right off. And that's why I was like what, what what's happening, right? So this fall has been nice outside, no masks, but I think um I think for indoor volleyball games if you were attending, I think you had to wear a mask. I don't know if the kids had to though. So that's I mean, that's a, a MIAA decision, not a municipality decision thus far five can always go a little bit above what the restrictions are from the state which we've seen also particularly in lexington um so we'll see what the winter holds but we're still in the thick of uh, you know playoffs and other stuff and of course to football coming up so let's see how that goes good question though yeah a lot, a lot of covid talk here always i'm asking in vaccination rates and what we're doing in the greater exit 31 slash greater exit 49 you know the exits were renumbered here did you know that it's pretty upsetting. I, I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot more hours
2: in the car last time I visited than I expected because I just kept going around. Kept and around, going around you went down to you like Newton. In, you, you ended
0: down. up in Maine. Oh my God. Yeah, people <laughs> were really upset about that for about two weeks. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you now it's just a new number. So, cool. Change is hard, I guess. Well, I guess. Yeah, some- wow, I mean... Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, Geller set a, an expectation bar for me for this podcast. I think we flew over it. This is pretty
1: good. No, this is good. And we appreciate you just making the time in your busy schedule. And you'll be on to your next venture capital meeting. Um, and I hope next time we talk, which will be soon, you'll still be at the same company, not something else. I expect you will still be with Sophie. Uh, so let's, let's keep things in status quo. And you'll still be on my case. And maybe you'll be in my waiting room soon. <laughs>
0: Some dollar bills. He's about
1: to age out, buddy. He's <laughs> no, about to age out. Nah, there's no aging no. out. That's
0: sixty-nine, like six. You know, so it's good. Awesome. Well, uh, our Thanksgiving plans. You coming home? He's staying out there.
2: What are you doing? No, no, I'll, I'll be in Thanksgiving. i will be home for about a week, so I'm coming in on Friday, uh, before, and then leaving Saturday after. So we'll look at Mario's uh
0: schedule, and then we can work something out. Awesome. Well, travel safe, drive safe. Listen, this is a pro-transportation podcast. We really hit the sweet spot today. So thanks for weighing in on that, on Sophie's work, on your work, on Geller's Medical Fraud, on the unique unique space this podcast uh, play, uh, is in, in the, in the podcast market. For making the time for us on a beautiful morning, we really appreciate it. And I think our listeners will like it pretty pretty much uh, pretty much as well. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Veterans Day. wish you a happy
1: Hanukkah. We see you.
0: At go Patriots, <laughs> don't go Steelers. And Adam, we will see you uh, back in Massachusetts in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much.
2: All right, take it easy, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye.
0: What do we know is written by Dan Broskell and Dave Geller and produced by Terry Samaris from Lex Media in Lexington, Mass. Our theme music is from Joey Freeman, whose music you can find on SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.